This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. I want to thank my pastors for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you. And um, I'm not very used to paper Bible, but I, 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 I have to use it today. So I want to with Ruth. Ruth chapter 1 verse 1. Let's quickly look at that. I want to read you a story and I want to talk to you about God. Ruth. Ruth is after Jeremiah just before the book of Solomon. After James. Have you found it? (laughs) All right now. Okay, so it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He had his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, or Naomi. And the names of the two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. These guys were from Bethlehem, Judah. They went to the country in Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, the man, Naomi's husband, he died. And she was left with her two sons. Now, those two sons took wives of the women of Moab. They married from the country of Moab. The name of one wife was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Verse 5, both Malon and Chilon the sons, they died. So it was just the woman that was left and, and the two women. So verse 6, she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. You know, she left because there was famine. Therefore, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, return to your mother's houses. The Lord deal kind, kindly with you as you have dealt with me and with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. As you guys will marry again, don't worry. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, surely, surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them to grow up? Would you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, she said to Ruth, now Naomi is talking to Ruth, verse 15, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. For wherever you go, uh, can we read this part together? Let's go. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, 
And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Praise God. That's how the book of Ruth begins. One of the smallest books of the Bible that traces for us the genealogy of David and therefore of Jesus Christ. The Bible makes us to understand that Judah had two sons. They were called Perez and Zerah. Perez gave birth to a fellow called Hezron. Hezron gave birth to a fellow called Ram or Aram. Aram gave birth to Aminadab. Aminadab gave birth to a guy called Nashon. Nashon gave birth to Salmon. Salmon married the prostitute from, uh, from Jericho called Rahab and gave birth to Boaz. Boaz um, married this lady, Ruth, and gave birth to Obed. Obed gave birth to Jesse, and Jesse gave birth to David. But it begins by telling us the story of Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. Naomi had left Bethlehem. She was an Israelite. She was a daughter of Abraham, but there was famine in her days. So she left Israel and moved to Moab. And then in Moab, you know, her husband died. She had two sons. First, her husband died. Her two sons got married to two women. One of them was Opa. The other one was Ruth. All right. And then her husband died. And then in the course of time, her two sons died. Very, very sad story. And she was just left with the two Moabite women. And then she heard that the famine was over in Israel. So she was going back to Israel. All right. In fact, when she got it, she said, don't call me Naomi again. Call me Mara. Because my life has been bitter. Lost my sons, lost everything, and so on and so forth. And these two ladies were following her, their mother-in-law. And she said, my, my dear daughters, please don't, don't do this to yourself. You know, I can't give you, I can't give you husbands anymore and, and all that. You know, go back to your land. And, and then the first one went back. But Ruth said that thing we read together. And, you know, I really like that place because, to me, you know, it sounds like what a, man, uh, uh, what, what a man and woman say to themselves, right? It says that if anything but death should separate us, okay, let the Lord deal with me. It says, I will go with you. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. That's a marriage vow. You know, in fact, Ruth was saying that to Boaz, but she was saying it through Naomi. Because obviously she did not live where Naomi lived. Because she got, left Naomi's house and got married to Boaz, if you know the story. And she became Boaz's husband. So, you know, when people talk about, you know, ladies should not propose to a guy, a guy should not propose to a lady. That lady that I proposed here, she proposed something to Naomi. Although she was saying it, you know, indirectly. And that's what she said. You know, it's a very deep story. Because if you understand the context of scripture, you will understand that Naomi was a type, you know, of of Israel, the person that had a covenant with God, and she left her hometown or her nation, and she went into exile, okay, just like the Israelites went into exile, and there in, in, in exile, she met the Gentiles, Ruth is a type of the Gentile church, those of us that had no natural descent from Abraham, all right, and through uh, 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 um, Naomi, you know, through the the physical descendants of Abraham, the Gentile church came into contact with a type of Christ, which was Boaz. That's, that's, that's how deep that story is. But we're not looking at it in that context today. 
we're looking at it in the context of how of how important it is for us to realize there's something that the first woman did not see in in Naomi just my mother-in-law and so on and so forth but there's something that Ruth saw for for there are five women that are listed in the genealogy of Jesus there's Tamar all right there's Rahab there's Ruth there's Bathsheba and there's Mary those five women if you go read the story of Jesus, how he descended from Abraham, in either Matthew's um, um, account or Luke's account, you see those five women listed. All right? And almost all of them had issues with their life. Tamar had a fantastic story. All right? She was married to one of Judah's sons. And the guy, Bible says the guy was wicked. And so God killed him. His name was Er. You know, to Er is human. That, the guy just bore his name. He erred and God killed him. And then the second guy's name was Onan. And the Bible says that he was supposed to bear children for his dead brother. That was the custom then. But because he did not want to do that, there was a way he would do it in such a way that he will not, you know, whatever. You know, for those that are young here. So he didn't want to bear children for his, for his brother. And so God said, this guy, you are wicked. So God killed him. The third, born was, the third son was very small. So Judah said uh, the same thing that Naomi said to these fellows. Don't wait for me and so on and so forth. Go away and, and all that. And then the story is all there. She had a very interesting story. Eventually, she eventually, you know, became the, the, the wife of Judah himself, her father-in-law, and gave birth to Perez and Zerah. Very interesting story. Rahab was a prostitute. Ruth was a Moabitess woman. Bathsheba was snatched from the bathroom into the palace. Her first son died. And Mary was a virgin. All five ladies had comma in their lives, but they became the grandmothers of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm here to talk to you very briefly today about recognizing the workings of God in your life. Because we live in a generation, I'm going to read you a story very shortly, right? We live in a generation where everything happens very quickly. There are many options for things in life. You know, I can decide I want to move, I want to change, I want to move to Abuja today and all that, depending on, you know, where my business will be favored or where I think I want to change church. You know, I'm looking for a spouse, this church, I can't find anybody to get married, I need to move and so on and so forth, right? And it's very, it's, it's much easier to miss God today, right, than it was, than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, right? Because very few people realize when God is working. Thank God for that lady. She knew, she, some, somehow in her spirit, she knew that there was something about this woman. This woman was, is not just my mother-in-law. Yes, I've been watching her for years. She seems to be a child of God and all that. She came from Israel and so on and so forth. But there's something more about this woman. If you read the entire book of Ruth, you discover that everything that Naomi told Ruth to do, she did. Strange things like going the night to where the guy is walking in and, and go and lie down at his feet and just lay down there and take a a, 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 a barley of wheat and all that. And when he wakes up and says, Ah, wh- who is this? And just say, Ah, it's your maid servant. So I'm just here. Just want, just want to greet you. Thank you for being so nice to me. Strange, strange thing she told Ruth to do. And Ruth did it. And when she did all that and so on and so forth, her husband, you know, married her. Praise God. I want to read. Quickly from Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter, Luke chapter 1, verse 41 to 44. Luke 1, 41 to 44. We're going to read Luke seven twenty, and then I'll read that story, and then I'll talk to you, and then that will be it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are we together so far? All right. I want you to tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is doing something here. 
Say, neighbor, there is a reason why we are here today together. You could have been anywhere else. No, no, I'm talking now. Thank you. You could have been anywhere else. You could have been in, in another church. Listen, the reason you are here this evening, the reason you're in the household of David now, is not because you decided to be here. It's not because it is close to your workplace. It's not because you live around. There are many people that live around here who, are not, who have never stepped into this church. There are people that walk around here who have never stepped into this place. There's a reason why you are in the choir. There's a reason why you are in the ushering department. You may be looking at the head of choir, you know, Mr. Neto, just looking at her as, you know, like a mother-in-law. You don't, because of the way she talks to you and the way she disciplines you, like, well, this woman has come again. But you don't know that your destiny is tied to that woman. It's tied to that man. You know, you don't know that your destiny is tied to this person that you're, you're, you're in the same ushering unit. There's something about this person. There's a reason why you've been together for the past three years. Hallelujah. The day your eyes open, you begin to talk differently. You say that the, 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 the way the, the HOD spoke to us on Saturday because we came late, I can never take it. I can never take it from, from, from anybody. Everybody was angry. Why, why were you not angry? Because you saw in that HOD what Ruth saw in Naomi that Opa did not see. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1 verse 41. The Bible says, and it came to pass. This was, um, okay, let's go back. Luke chapter 1 verse 39. Mary went to the house of Elizabeth. It says, and Mary arose in those days. Can we read together? Let's go together. And went into the country. All right, let's go on. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Let's go on. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's go on to verse 44. And she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Let's read on. Hallelujah. The Bible says that um, as soon as Mary entered into Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth was pregnant. Mary just left the presence of the, of, the, of, of, of the angel of the Lord, right, where she heard that she was going to give birth as a virgin. And to encourage her, the angel said, Lo, your cousin Elizabeth, they were cousins. You know, she's pregnant. She had been barring for a long time. That, you know, go visit her. And when she went, Elizabeth had been pregnant with John the Baptist for six months. And the Bible says, as soon as, right, Mary entered into Elizabeth's house, the babe in her, a six-month-old babe, leapt. In other words, Jesus was just a conceptor. When Mary said, be done to me according to your word, she conceived right there. She, he was just a clot of blood. I mean, he had not walked on water. He had not healed the sick. He had done nothing, right? He had not even been born. He had just become a clump of cells in Mary's womb. Mary was carrying Jesus as two cells, a marula, that's what we call it in, in embryology, a blastula. It was just a tiny fertilized ovum, egg in her womb. When she stepped into Elizabeth's house, but John the Baptist who was also not born. Hallelujah. He was still in his mother's womb. There was a communication between the two of them. John sensed it at six months in utero, in his mother's womb, that the Savior had entered into my house. The guy jumped on the inside. Let me show you Luke, the same book. Luke chapter 7, verse 20. Luke chapter 7, verse 20. Can we just 
Look at that. Luke 7, 19. Let's look at 19. Okay, let's read this together. Let's go. And John calling unto him, two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are thou he that should come? Look, look with another. And when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Are thou he that should come, or should we look for another? Verse 21. And the same, verse 22. And Jesus answered unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. This was John at the age of 30-something. He was in prison. He had been imprisoned by Herod. Maybe he expected that Jesus, if you read the next verse, Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended in me, he will come and bring, bring him out of prison. So he was in prison and he was so disappointed that John, John, who said, behold the Lamb of God. John, who said, you know, I, I saw heaven open and I saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him. And I heard a voice saying that the one upon whom the Spirit descends, that is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John, who said that I should have been baptized by you and you're coming to me for baptism. John, who at six months in his mother's womb could sense Jesus as a clump of cells. Here, John is sending disciples to Jesus and asking them to ask him that, are you the one? Are you the one? Are you the one? Because the way you are behaving these days. Are you the one or, should we, or should, we, should we be waiting for someone else? What happened to John? Someone who before he was born could sense the connection. The, 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 could sense when Jesus stepped into his house. All of a sudden, began to doubt. I want to read you this story. Alright? I just want you to listen to me very very carefully. Read it in about two minutes and then I'll talk to you and then that's it. It's a story about a man called Lester Sumrall. Ever, ever heard about Lester Sumrall? All right. And an, another man called Howard Carter. Ever heard of Howard Carter? Okay. Fewer people. Okay. Lester Sumrall was a giant of faith in the 20th century. He demonstrated so much power in the pastoral and evangelical ministry. He also had a personal relationship with several men of God, Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, and so on and so forth. Now, this is the story of Lester Sumrall when he was 19 years. A lot of people know, 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 knew him when he was a giant and so on and so forth, right? When he was 19 years, he says, I was sitting in a little church in Tennessee looking at the young man who was leading the praise and worship. Suddenly, the scene... He was in church just like this. The scene before me vanished, and I saw thousands of, J of Japanese, Chinese, Indians, Malaysians, Indonesians, Africans, Latin Americans, Europeans, and people from the ocean islands and, and going in, in, in one direction. Trembling and crying, I asked, Lord, they were going in the direction as if they were going into hellfire. Trembling, and I asked, and I said, Lord, what shall I do? God said, you have to go to these people. And Lester said, I don't like those people. I've never seen a Japanese person in my life. I don't know those people. I cannot do that. God said, you have to do it or their blood will be forever on your hands. When I came back into awareness in the church, all the farmers had gone home. The young man who led the service had gone home. There was no electricity. They took the lanterns with them. The shutters were nailed together and bolted and all that. But all I could see were Japanese and Chinese and Koreans and all, and all that. I walked along the trees and... God spoke to me. God said, 
close this meeting you're having here. Go to Eureka, to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, to a camp meeting. My sister was traveling with me at that time, so I said to her, pack the car, put all our clothes in it, and we are leaving right now. This story sounds very much like the story of Ruth. I want to listen very closely. He told his sister, pack the car, let's leave right now. When I told my pastor that God had spoken to me to close the meeting and go to Eureka Springs, he was very unhappy with me. He called me unstable. He said that he was not going to give me any money. He promised not only to never recommend me, but to ruin my name as best as he could with other preachers. I said, sir, I must obey God. When we arrived at the camp meeting, we learned two foreigners were speaking. One was a German, and the other one was Howard Carter from England, listen closely, who spoke on the gifts of the Spirit. After the meeting, I was standing on the sidewalk outside the auditorium. As he passed by his hotel, I reached out and got a hold of his hand. I said, sir, I will go with you over the highest mountains. I will go with you over the broad plains. I will go with you through every desert. I will go with you through the waves of the sea. When you are old, I will be there for you. I will love you and I will bless you. <laughs> when I realized what I had said, this was a 19-year-old boy. I shook my head and said, sir, I, I, I didn't mean any of those things. I want to assure you, I have never said them before in my life. He smiled and said, come to my room. I went to his hotel room. Carter and Stanley Frotsham began to talk in one corner of the room. And they were looking through the pages of one black book. I was sure they were talking about me and they were going to rebuke me for saying those silly words. I will take care of you when you are old. Waves of the sea. In a few minutes, Howard Carter walked over to me and said, what do you think about missions? I said, oh, I love missions. He said, have you ever thought about being a missionary? I said, yes, I'm a missionary. I just haven't got there yet, and so on and so forth. Now, this is what Howard Carter said to him. He says, God told me, and I wrote it down. Let me show you. I will prepare a companion for you. He shall come from afar. He will be a stranger when he comes. And these are the words he will say. I will go with you over the highest mountains. I will go with you over the broad plains. I will go with you over the desert. I will go with you through the waves of the sea. And he continued to quote all the words I said to him on the street. My eyes bogged out. I had been in full gospel business all my young life, but I had never encountered God telling a man in London and a man in Arkansas identically the same words. Carter said, would you like to travel with me? And the rest is history. Over the next few years, they traveled 150,000 miles through 30 different countries, and they preached the world for Jesus. Howard Carter is the man that is, Kenneth Hagin was the one that taught us about spiritual gifts a lot. You know, Howard, he learned a lot of the things he learned from Howard Carter. Praise God. Your story might not be as spectacular as the ones that we have read from the Bible and from the life of Lester Sumrall and Howard Carter. But I want to speak to you this evening and I want to tell you that God is working in your life. The Bible says, that those whom he foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Those that he predestinated, he called. Those that he called, he justified. And those that he justified, he glorified. To foreknow means to know the beginning of something. It means that God has known the beginning of your life. Hallelujah. He knew you before you were born, before your parents came together. God has, has already known him. Knew him. But says that those whom he foreknew, that's Romans chapter 8. We can look at it, and I'm going to close with that. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is really very important, and I want you to realize that. You know, you're sitting here in this room tonight. I want you to realize that God is working something around you. You know, you can take five minutes to look at... Can we go back to verse 26? You can... Verse 30, sorry. Verse 30. Verse 30. All right. It says, moreover, whom he did, verse 29, verse 29. It says that 
you know, it says, for whom he did for no. Someone say for no. He also did what? Next verse. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also did what? He called. Those three words, foreknowledge, predestination, and calling. Foreknowledge means for, means before. It means from the beginning. God has already known you. God has known your name. God has known you will be in Nigeria. God has known you will be in Lagos. God has known every detail about your life. Second one, predestination. Destiny means end. It means God has known right the, the, the beginning of your life. And God has already set, he has predestinated. He has set the end of your life. Those whom he did for new, for no, he predestinated. So he set the beginning of your life and he set the end of your life. And those whom he did predestinate what did he do to them can you imagine this is victoria here god predestinated this is sister angela god predestinated my brother what's your name sir sam god predestinated the predestinations are not exactly the same i'm sure you were not exactly born in the same place at the same time and bible says that god foreknew and god predestined that means god has said the end of Sister Victoria's life said the end of right Sister Angela's life. They are like lines running. They are lines that are running. Like, like there was a line running from Tamar to Rahab to Ruth. There are lines that are running all over this place. But where people meet is when God calls them. The reason why we are here today is because God has called different people with different foreknowledge, right? With different some people are on their way to becoming governor. Some people are on their way to becoming pastors. Some are on their way to, be, to raising godly seed that will shake the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. But uh, somewhere along the line, God has allowed us to meet, and that's the call. Hallelujah. Praise God. So for you, you might say, oh, me, I, I only came from Ijebu day. I'm passing through Lagos, so I want to go to Canada. That is your own. Someone said, no, me, I came from, from Ibadan. I mean, I, I'm going to Abuja. I want to settle in Abuja when I marry my, and we are planning to marry in October. That's your own. I mean, I'm just in HOD for three months. My, my real church is, you know, I'm, 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 I attend CAC, Agbalai Torah. That's your own. Praise God. But in the midst of that, there's a beginning that God has set and an end that God had set. And in the, in the midst of that setting, God has called. And the reason why we are seated here today is because our callings are resonating at the same frequency. There's something that God has given me for you. And there's something that God has given you for me. Hallelujah. And you can be like those, you know, saying Pastor Ebele, Pastor Abi, Pastor Joshua. You know, you're just calling the name and so on and so forth. But there's nothing that is leaping in your womb the way John the Baptist leapt in Elizabeth's womb. You're not catching it. Praise God. And the, the way you entered into HOD is the way you're going to live. Just like upper left Naomi. She, she came in as a Moabitess and she left as a Moabitess. But Ruth entered into Naomi's life as a Moabitess and she exited as a grandmother of Jesus Christ. Are we together? I want to tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is working something here. Are you aware? That's the word of God for tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to lift up your right hand and say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask that you open my eyes this evening, that I begin to walk in line with what you have known concerning me and the destiny you have set for me. That I may begin to walk in line with the calling that you have placed in my life. That I may begin to recognize those you have sent my way. My people, that I may fulfill your will for my life. For in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. 
Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.